The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. China will speed up the construction of virtual private networks in the 5G industry and enrich the country's 5G application scenarios. That is according to Jin Zhuanlong, the Minister of Industry and Information Technology. Jin says that China will improve the coverage of high-quality networks, such as 5G and gigabit optical networks, by continuously optimizing the infrastructure layout and building a batch of 5G factories. Ke Rei Wen, chairman of China Telecom, says that the company has been building an all-optical network with gigabit optical networks now covering more than 300 cities nationwide. China Mobile, another telecom giant in China, says it has led nearly 200 international standards for 5G and applied for more than 4,100 patents. According to China Tower, the company has made more than 200,000 communication towers equipped with 5G and artificial intelligence. Jin notes that China is eyeing the next-generation Internet and has been comprehensively advancing the research and development of sixth-generation communications technology. He says that the country will facilitate the development of new types of information infrastructure facilities, speed up the use of information technology, and deepen the integrated applications of the industrial Internet. According to Jin, the incubation of emerging sectors will be quickened while efforts will continuously be made to enhance the country's full industrial chain advantages in the sectors of mobile and optical communication. You're listening to Special English. Space science researchers have successfully created early-stage blood cells at the China Space Station, a step closer towards finding a way to treat diseases by producing any kind of human cells. The experiment was conducted after the Tianzhou-6 cargo craft docked with the space station. The cells have been brought back to Earth by the Shenzhou-15 spacecraft on June the 4th, along with three Chinese astronauts, or taikonauts.
During the experiment, pluripotent cells, a special kind of stem cells, that have the potential to grow into all major human cells, were brought into the Wentian lab module on the space station, where some of them successfully grew into another kind of stem cells that produce blood cells. In this way, scientists managed to produce, for the first time, blood cells in space. Lei Xiaohua, a researcher at the Institute of Biomedicine and Biotechnology with the Shenzhen Institute of Advanced Technology, notes. His team will compare the cells produced in space with cells on Earth, trying to locate the exact genes that control the growing process. He says his team will carry out further studies around stem cells with the Tianzhou seven and eight missions. Stem cells are key to the scientific field of. Regenerative medicine, which is focused on regenerating human organs, tissues, and other parts to heal the original parts damaged by aging, disease, or accident. Observing stem cells in space is a hot topic in this field of research, because cells. Like the entire human body, can be affected by a microgravity environment in space. One of the goals of China's manned space program is to search for possible habitable planets. The space environment has microgravity and high radiation, so how to travel, survive, and have. Children in such an environment is the main task of the research. That is according to Sung Huai Xing, a chief researcher for the station's scientific experiments at the Technology and Engineering Center for Space Utilization, under the Chinese Academy of Sciences. This is Special English. First discovered in 1899 at the Yin Ruins in Anyang, in central China's Henan, Jiao Gu Wen, or the Oracle Bone Inscriptions, named after their mysterious scratches on bits of animal bones and on tortoise shells, are considered the oldest fully developed characters. As well as the origin of the Chinese characters that people use today, dating back to China's Shang Dynasty, which spanned from 1600 to 1046 BC, this ancient Chinese language was included in the UNESCO Memory of the World Register in 2017. And has long captured the heart of veteran Chinese archaeologist 
Liu Yiman, having taken part in two of China's three major archaeological discoveries related to the oracle bone inscriptions over past decades. Liu, a now retired archaeologist from the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, had her first encounter with these scripts in 1973, kindling around half a century-long passion for her beloved inscriptions from some 3,000 years ago. Liu says that the discovery of Jiagu Wen marks a curtain-raiser for China to have its academic institutions conduct archaeological excavations, thus setting the country's archaeological excavations on a scientific track. For her, the interpretation of these oracle bone characters not only offers clues for the absolute dating of the Yin ruins, but also provides evidence to better determine and ascertain the age of relics from later periods. When asked how many oracle bones had been identified so far, Liu Yiman, citing a book published in 2012, notes that in more than 120 years, Since the first discovery of Jiagu Wen, researchers have found around 4,400 characters on oracle bones and identified about one-third of them, with two-thirds still to be solved. According to researchers, unlike other of the world's most famous ancient writing systems, The oracle bone inscriptions are the only ones that did not become extinct in history, but still survive thousands of years later in the evolved Chinese characters of today, despite historical changes and social development. This is Special English. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Don't forget you can enjoy everything from past episodes to exclusive content on our website, radio.cgtn.com. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. Welcome to My Stories of Chinese Characters, Season 2. I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will travel to different destinations and experience the different sceneries throughout the year. This season, we will taste delicious foods. Delicious, how sure. Feel the delicacy of Chinese silk. Uh, some people say that this is the world's first computer because each one of these is an instruction. And enjoy the local architectures. Yes, it's a big house. Chinese Guzhou. We will feel a sense of camaraderie on the slow train. And feel the excitement in the snowfields. Yes! 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 I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will take you to see a different China from the perspective of Chinese characters. 
Meet us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast platforms, or on our website, radio.cgtn.com. You're listening to Special English. The World Meteorological Organization of the United Nations has listed the rapidly changing cryosphere as one of its top priorities, highlighting that the increasing impact of melting ice is threatening everyone on Earth, being the UN agency's top decision-making body the World Meteorological Congress has adopted a new resolution calling for more cryospheric observations and predictions, data exchange, as well as relevant research and services. The agency says that extra budgetary funding and an increased regular budget will be provided to ramp-up activities. The agency also calls the melting Arctic permafrost a sleeping giant of greenhouse gases, as it stores twice as much carbon as there is in the atmosphere today. Sea level rises, ice and glaciers are among the climate indicators monitored by the World Meteorological Organization, which warns that the shocking extent of changes has led to an increased risk of natural cascade hazards that impact everyone, especially those living in small islands and densely populated coastal areas. The cryosphere is the part of the Earth's climate system that includes solid precipitation, snow, sea ice, lake and river ice, icebergs, glaciers and ice caps, ice sheets, ice shelves, permafrost and seasonally frozen ground. You're listening to Special English. Coral reefs are one of the ecosystems with the most diverse biodiversity on Earth and is dubbed tropical rainforest in the ocean. However, as global warming intensifies, scientists predict that almost 60% of the world's corals will die out by 2030. In Elat, a city in southern Israel on the Gulf of Aquaba by the Red Sea. Scientists are working to find a possible habitat for the corals. Located at 29 degrees north latitude, Elat is one of the northernmost habitats for coral reefs on Earth. After thousands of years of evolution, the Red Sea corals there have a higher heat resistance than corals in other areas. This manifests special significance 
to the local coral conservation research as rising sea temperatures are killing reefs across the planet. Maus Fine, a scientist who has been researching corals in the area for years, has been using tanks to simulate the marine environment of the Red Sea. By changing parameters, like the water temperature, he and his team have been observing the changes on corals under different hydrological conditions. Fine says most corals bleach, a sign of extreme distress, when the water sits one or two degrees Celsius above the normal summer maximum for a week or more. The northern Red Sea corals have a headroom of five or six degrees Celsius, as scientists predict another Pacific Ocean El Niño heatwave will hit the planet this year. The corals of the world are likely to experience another round of bleaching. Therefore, coral reefs in the northern Red Sea may be the last of their kind if they are well preserved. Fine also says that his team found out when there are more external influences like oil spills, chemical pollution and coastal over-exploitation happening, the heat resistance of the corals is greatly weakened or even disappears. Under these circumstances, he says in a limited time, the best way to protect the coral may not be improving technologies, but to minimize the damage caused by humans to them. According to the UN, though coral reefs cover less than 1% of the ocean floor in more than 100 countries and regions, they are home to 25% of marine species. The loss of coral reefs will have a huge impact on global biodiversity conservation. This is Special English. In a groundbreaking collaboration, the Central Conservatory of Music has hosted a concert that brought together artificial intelligence and human musicians, delving into the intricate relationship between music, emotions and evolving technology. The concert integrated digital music and visuals, redefining the traditional concert experience with futuristic and captivating elements. Li Xiaobing, the executive director of the concert, notes that with the rapid development of AI, it is now feasible to generate new sounds and express emotions through innovative techniques. Guan Xiaohong, the AI technology director of the concert, emphasizes the concert's purpose of exploring the appeal and therapeutic effects of music. He expresses the need to quantify music 
and measure people's brain reactions to it. By analyzing real-time performance data with AI, music creators can enable human performers to make adjustments in response to audience feedback. Zhao Yixuan, composer of the piece Drizzle Path, describes how AI extracts real-time audio feature parameters from live performances, allowing for the generation of new tones. Zhang Yuan, composer of Over the Rainbow, says that brainwave detection devices worn by performers enable real-time improvisation based on audience reception. The concert was an experimental exploration of music, merging traditional Chinese musical forms with AI to create striking artistic contrasts. Throughout the concert, the audience witnessed a mesmerizing collaboration between human musicians and AI counterparts on stage. The constant interplay between tradition and innovation pushed the boundaries of music's capabilities, leaving spectators torn between desiring more human involvement and anticipating increased AI presence. You're listening to Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read two of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. Space science researchers have successfully created early-stage blood cells at the China Space Station, a step closer towards finding a way to treat diseases by producing any kind of human cells. The experiment was conducted after the Tianzhou-6 cargo craft docked with the space station. The cells have been brought back to Earth by the Shenzhou-15 spacecraft on June the 4th, along with three Chinese astronauts, or taikonauts. During the experiment, pluripotent cells, a special kind of stem cells that have the potential to grow into all major human cells, were brought into the Wentian lab module of the space station, where some of them successfully grew into another kind of stem cells that produce blood cells. In this way, scientists managed to produce for the first time blood cells in space. Lei Xiaohua, a researcher at the Institute of Biomedicine and Biotechnology with Shenzhen Institute of Advanced Technology, he says his team will compare the cells produced in space with cells on Earth, trying to locate the exact genes that control the growing process. Lei says his team will do more studies around stem cells with the Tianzhou 7 and 8 missions. Stem cells are key to the scientific field of regenerative medicine, which is focused on regenerating human organs, tissues and other parts to heal the original parts damaged by aging, disease or accident. Observing stem cells in space is a hot topic in this field of research because cells, like the entire human body, can be affected by a microgravity environment in space. One of the goals of China's manned space program is to search for possible habitable planets. The space environment has microgravity and high radiation, so how to travel, survive and have children in such an environment is the main task of the research. 
That is according to Sang Huai Xing, a chief researcher for the station's scientific experiments at the Technology and Engineering Center for Space Utilization under the Chinese Academy of Sciences. That is the end of today's program. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. <laughs>